Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. It is December 14th, 2015, and in in this podcast, we're going to try a little bit of a different format. We're going to take a couple of reader emails and answer the questions that come in the emails, because I think they're good questions, and they deserve their own separate podcast, and I wanted to treat them uh, that way uh, tonight. So let me do that. I received this email today, actually, this morning when I was at work, and I figured it was something that was worth making a special podcast about, together with an email that I received in the afternoon, which tied in very well with it. So I think it'll be a good way to kill two birds with one stone. And this reader and listener writes to me and says, By the way, do you have any past material on overcoming distractions? I find myself constantly frittering away time on my phone or on the internet. Before I know it, the day is over and I didn't get things done as I had planned. Talking to friends, it seems as if everyone is suffering from the same issue. No matter how much I try, I find myself sinking back into the same bad habits. I wonder what Cicero would have would have had to say about mobile phones. Well, I can answer that question very easily. He would have said, put the, put the damn phone down and get your ass in gear. That's what he, what he would have said. But I think your question is a good one and deserves a much more thought out, fleshed out response, and I'll do that. So the question comes down to maintaining focus. The question comes down to how do you prevent yourself from getting distracted? How do you prevent yourself from procrastinating? How to overcome procrastination? And I think from looking at this question, I think there are five basic ways to overcome procrastination. Five important ways we can overcome procrastination. But before we get into the five ways, I think it's important to understand the real problem that many people have with procrastination in today's world. And it it comes back to, in many ways, a concentration problem. We are constantly faced with sensory overload in the modern society. We have a 24-hour news cycle. We have a 24-hour internet presence. We are being assaulted literally every hour of the day, almost every moment of the day, from sensory inputs from different sources. And in that reality, that being the case, it becomes more important than ever to manage our sensory inputs. We have to filter out the noise. We have to tune out the nonsense. If we can't tune out the nonsense, we will become part of the nonsense. If you can't tune it out, you become an appendage of the nonsense. You become ineffectual. You become immaterial. You become just another mindless robot, which is, in many cases, what they want you to be. So that's the backstory. That's the backdrop that we have to appreciate before we can really probe into this question. And another issue I'll point out before we start getting into the details of avoiding procrastination is this. Some procrastination is good. Some procrastination is not bad. I will say that. There are situations when sometimes putting a problem aside and letting it marinate for a while can do more good than harm. Sometimes it can actually do do more good than it can harm. And sometimes procrastination is a way of the body's coping with the excess of sensory input, the excess of sensory stimuli. 
And that's really what sometimes uh, the need for procrastination comes back to, is the body needs to have a way of managing all that sensory inputs. But be that as it may, there is also a constant and reoccurring problem that I see with the people that I deal with, with not getting things done, with goofing off, with procrastinating, with being, frankly, a jerk-off. All right? There's no other word for it. And I'll get more into that and how that's to be dealt with in a few moments. So what are the practical ways of overcoming procrastination? I think the first one is, and maybe the most practical bit of advice, is to break the project down and try to do it in small parts, in manageable parts. Sometimes it won't always be able to be, sometimes we can't always do things in this way. There are often projects that have to maintain their integrity. We have to maintain a certain cohesiveness to it, and they can't really be brought down into different parts. But many times they can. And if you can break down your project or your extended work into manageable parts, you can feel like you're accomplishing something. For most people, for many people, just getting started will be enough to get things rolling. Just getting started will be enough to push you through with that momentum to the conclusion and the completion of your project. So break down the problem into manageable parts. Do one part on one day, if possible. Do another part on another time of the day or another day, uh, depending on when the deadline of the project is. You can break things down into manageable parts. All right, that's common sense. The second way to avoid procrastination is to have deadlines and make others remind you of them. Impose deadlines on yourself. Impose deadlines on yourself. Record them in a calendar. All right, just the act of recording it, of writing it down, will force you to remember it. And have others, have other people if needed, remind you of the deadlines. Have other people remind you of these deadlines. You have to force yourself to be facing certain restrictions. You have to force yourself to to deal with the disease of procrastination. And it is a disease in many ways. So I found that also to be a good way of getting moving on projects. The third technique, and this ties back to what I've learned about learning languages, is do the work in different places. Okay, And what I mean by that is if you have a project that involves working at a desk, which many people do, you can do part of the project on one desk and then do the rest of it in some other place. And by removing yourself into a new geographic locale, into a new situation, a new place, a new, new desk, a new building, and another wherever, wherever it happens to be, the mind will feel refreshed. The mind will feel relaxed, will feel refreshed, and will be able to look at the work with a degree of refreshness and lack of fatigue that you might get if you were constantly trying to beat your head against the wall in the same place day after day. So change your location. Change your location. And I can't tell you how critical this technique has been to me in language learning, where especially if you're trying to preserve or learn more than one language at once, you have to try to study the language in a different place. Study one language in one place, but don't study a different language in that same place. Go to another desk. Go to another part of the house or your apartment and do it there. Do not do everything at the same desk. 
And again, it comes down to those psychological factors of refreshment and refurbishment of the mind. We have to let the mind refresh itself and see different places and environments. And by doing things in this way, we will remember the information much better. We'll be much more productive. So that is the third technique. Now I want to talk about the fourth technique of avoiding procrastination. And this is probably the most important one. This is the most important one of all. All right, are you ready? Fear. Fear is the most important way to avoid procrastinating. You need to be afraid of something because I lack a lot of sympathy for people who say that they are suffering from procrastination because I don't suffer from procrastination. At least I don't think I do. And I have very little sympathy for those who do. My feeling is this. It comes down to motivation. It comes down to you getting up off your ass and doing something. There are a lot of people out there who will mollycoddle you and wipe your nose and say, oh, gee, you know, you've got all these problems and you've got to really work around them. And no, no, it comes down to priorities. If you tell me that you can't get something done or you're having problems completing something, I would say to you this. If your hand were on a table and someone were to smash your hand with a blackjack or a club, how fast do you think you'd get the problem done then? How important would the problem be to you if someone were holding a 45 to your head? Okay, ask yourself that. Now, you can laugh and you can say, oh yeah, it's funny, it's funny. And it is, okay? But the point is this. The point is well taken. It comes down to priorities. Procrastination is a disease. And the only way to cure it is to impose a fear greater than that disease on you. You have to know that if you miss a certain deadline something bad is going to happen. Something very bad is going to happen. And that bad thing needs to be in your mind. And more people, I think, in our society need to feel fear. There needs to be more fear. This idea of discovering and finding yourself and holding hands and we're all wonderful. And I want to say to a lot of these people, no, you're not wonderful. You're not great. You're not pristine. You're not pure. You're not a special snowflake. You need to get up off your ass and you need to do what you have to do. I have no sympathy for procrastinators. Get your ass moving. Get your ass moving. That was the environment that I came from. Okay, There was no one there to coddle us and to wipe our nose and to say it's all going to be all right and you, it's okay, you can just sit back on the side of the road and drop your pack and be a bum and a loser. No, no. You need to feel fear. You know, I remember many years ago, I read the autobiography of Ty Cobb, the baseball player. It's a very good book. You should read it. It's very good. And it talks about it talks about how when he was first leaving home to go off to the minor leagues, I think, or the major leagues or wherever it was, and his father looked at him and said, Don't come back a loser. Don't come back a loser. Don't disgrace me. How many parents today would say that to their kid? Now, I'm not saying that Ty Cobb was the most normal man, okay? He had a lot of problems. I understand that, okay? All right? But he was the greatest baseball player of his generation. And he was a man with uh, uh, an incredibly intense passion for the game. He was driven. He was driven almost to madness. But that's what it takes to be successful. That's what it takes to get things done. That's what you need 
as a motivation. You've got to be obsessed. You've got to keep moving. You've got to have that fire in your belly. And the only one that can put that there is you. And until that gets there, the next best thing is fear. Fear that someone behind you is going to club you over the head. And that's the thing you need to impose on yourself. You need to feel fear. And I've just found fear to be a very, very powerful motivator. The fear of being a loser, the fear of being a bum, the fear of of dropping the ball, the fear of not performing, the fear of not answering the mail. These are the fears that need to be in your mind. So maybe it's good to have some fear. Maybe you should be planting fears in your mind. And that way you'll be motivated. You won't procrastinate. Because look at it this way. If you don't get your ass moving, someone else is going to be right there behind you to walk right over your back. So you know, the world is getting to be a very small place. Opportunities are limited. Environments are limited. Time is limited. limited, And you've got to make the most of the opportunities you have. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting things done. No wusses. No wimps. No excuses. You get in there and you fight. And don't come back a loser. You may die. You may become hurt. You may not get everything you want. But at least you'll try. At least you will have tried. And I'll never, I will never fault any man who is trying, even if he fails. Never. I will never fault or criticize any man, even if he fails miserably. But those who don't try, quitters, the pack droppers, the losers, the procrastinators, those we will crucify because those are the ones who are not deserving. You keep working and fighting till the last rag is on you. And that's it. That's it. All right. So that's fear. The fifth technique of avoiding procrastination is realizing that the difference between success and failure is getting things done. And that's it. That's almost an evolution from the fourth point. You have to realize that if you don't get something done, you're going to fail. You have to have that that thought ever-present in your mind. Again, it comes down to a version of fear. All right. So those are the five techniques, the five methods of avoiding procrastination. Let's recap them. One, Get moving and break things down into parts. Number two, have deadlines and make others remind you of them. Number three, move around and do the work in different places. Four, fear, be terrified. Number five, realizing that the difference between success and failure is getting it done. Those are the five ways of avoiding procrastination. All right. Now, the other email that I got today was a question about Um, It was a question about how do you maintain your motivation? And the message was, Quintus, uh, I have a question for you. How do you maintain your motivation and your your passion to keep doing what you're doing and to keep moving forward and, and to keep getting things done? That was essentially the question. And it's a good question. And this is my answer to that. I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for other people. The way you maintain your passion in life, the way you maintain your intensity level and your dedication, your commitment and your passion, it's got to come first off from within you. 
It's got to come from within you. Okay, only you can do it. And it's a mixture of several ingredients. The first is love. The first is love. You've got to love what you're doing. You have to be inspired by love. Okay, I know it sounds vaguely ethereal, but it's true. Passion and love should never be discounted and never be minimized in the arena of human experience. And that's what first needs to be understood, is passion and love. You've got to be passionate about what you're doing. You've got to love what you're doing. That man who is not passionate about what he's doing, who is going through the motions and checking the boxes, I have no interest in anything he has to say because that will come across in his work. Those works of art which do not sparkle, which do not shine, which are not imbued with passion, those fall flat and they might as well be made out of cardboard. They do not resonate. They do not resonate. And the other point, besides passion, is, frankly, you've got to have something to say. You've got to have something meaningful to say. You can't sustain yourself on a long journey with no rudder, with no course, with no direction. There has to be something behind the passion. Passion is one of the ingredients, but there needs to be harness. There needs to be harness. Passion without harness is just misdirected energy. And the proper way to look upon the harnessing of energy is having a purpose. You've got to have a message. You've got to have something to say. And frankly, some people don't have anything to say. And that's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Some, for some people, you have to reach a certain level of maturity and age, perhaps, maybe, or a certain level of experience to have something to say. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I think we're doing a disservice to people by telling everyone that they have to get out there and start saying things when, in fact, they really should be listening and following rather than trying to lead. So there's always time to contribute later when you have something important to say. So those are the ways that someone maintains their focus. Those are the ways that someone maintains their passion, their spirit, and their energy. They do it by, um, by being inspired with a mission. They do it by having a message to say. And there lastly is that intangible. I think there's that intangible. I think, I think all creative artists have a have a compulsion to get their message out there. There has to be that almost reflex desire. There has to be that almost compulsive spirit to get the message out there, to do it no matter what. Those who are the great artists do it because it fulfills some inner need. They have to do it. It really isn't a choice that they make. It's not a conscious decision in many ways. It, in many ways, you can look upon it as having been forced on them having been forced on them. So those, I think, are the three main ways that people maintain their motivation. They're passionate, number one. Number two, they have a message. And number three, they have that intangible, that intangible mission, that intangible desire to speak their heart to the world. So those are the things that we need to keep in mind. So what we've gone over tonight in this podcast are the five ways to avoid procrastination and also the three ways to maintain one's motivation and zeal. Zeal. Passion and zeal are so important 
and I've said it over and over in the writings that I've put out in my my books, in my other podcasts, and I hope that's something that has fallen on receptive ears. This brings our podcast for today to a conclusion. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would ask that you rate me on iTunes because the more ratings I have, the more chance that other people will be able to find these podcasts and benefit by them. So I would ask that you do that. And until next time, I'm Quintus Curtius. This podcast was brought to you by Fortress of the Mind Publications. Good night.